0: Welcome to the Rich Coach Club, the podcast that teaches you how to build your dream coaching practice and how to significantly increase your income. If you're a coach and you're determined to start making more money, this show is for you. I'm Master Certified Life Coach, Susan Hyatt, and I'm psyched for you to join me on this journey. You're listening to episode 37. Here we go. All right, as always, I'm here to wake y'all up and get you going. And I have a warning because, (laughs) per usual, today's episode has a little bit of adult language. So, if you've got kids in the car or sitting on the couch next to you, skip this episode and listen to it when you're in private or pop your earbuds in. Okay. You have been warned and don't send me angry emails about it later. (laughs) So, I was emailing back and forth with a girlfriend the other day, and she's an entrepreneur like me, and she's had an insanely busy year, and her calendar is bananas, and her to-do list is crammed to the max. The deadlines never stop, and she loves her work, but she's just dying for some space to breathe, some white space on her G-Cal, and she told me, Susan, the other day, this was literally my schedule. 8.15 a.m., blowjob. 8.30 a.m., prep for client phone call. 8.40 a.m., phone call. 9.15 and so on, right? You get the idea. And yes, you heard that shit correctly. She literally scheduled a blowjob into her day. She wanted to make her man happy right before launching into her workday and then making her clients happy. Okay, so part of me is like, Scheduling a blowjob is awesome. Get it, girl? Yes. But also, I understand why she's feeling so stressed and pressured. Her schedule doesn't leave any time to exhale. It's just one thing after another, relentless. And I've worked with hundreds of coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs over the years, and I've seen this pattern so many times with so many people. When you're passionate about your work, it can be difficult to leave space on your calendar. When I tell people, like, you got to make room for pleasure, they're like, I want to keep going. I want to keep working, and I, I got to keep hustling and growing and building. Yay! Yay! except sooner or later, yay, turns into, I'm so exhausted. I need to sleep for a 100 years. Go away, everyone. So how can we break out of this burnout pattern? How can we avoid it altogether? How can we hustle in a healthy, sustainable way? Well, We're going to talk to my guest today, Kira Foy, about it, but here are some principles that I follow, and this is my advice for you, too. Number one, schedule self-care onto your calendar just like you schedule everything else. If client phone call goes into your calendar, then nap or pedicure or sitting in the sun should go on there, too. If record webinar goes onto your calendar, then fun with my friends should go on there, too, and so on. Show up for your self care appointment just like you're showing up for a client. And I could do 5,000 episodes about having the attitude of self care instead of the activity, but that's for another time. Show up like somebody's paying you $500 an hour to be there. Don't flake on yourself. Number two, instead of doing 100 different things to find clients and get sales, focus on two to three things that actually lead to results. So for example, if you do speaking gigs a couple of times a year and you always end up with getting three more lucrative client bookings after every gig, boom, you know that's working. So do speaking gigs, double down, do a bunch of those, ditch everything else. Maybe you don't need to mess with Instagram, LinkedIn, running a podcast or doing a zillion free webinars. Focus on your speaking gigs and rock those. Streamline your business so that you're focusing on two to three things that generate money. Like my friend Rachel Rogers says, you need to focus on money-generating activities and nothing else. Seriously. Number three, trust that the more fun you have, the more money you'll make. So this is my mantra. You probably heard me say it a million times. And I know this seems hard to believe, but it's so true. When you're making time to relax, to get inspired, to take care of your body and spirit, to travel, to savor your life, you will absolutely dial up, not just dial up your income, you will blow it up. So when you're having fun and enjoying life, clients will be magnetized to you. You'll be more productive. You'll get the best ideas. You'll do your best work. More fun equals more money, I promise. So yes, it's great to be passionate. It's great to be ambitious. Lord knows I love ambitious women and I'm one of them, but we cannot hustle ourselves into the hospital, into a heart attack or into an early grave and we can't hustle so hard that we forget to have a life. That's just not acceptable. And as you're making your 2019 second, third, fourth quarter business plans, I urge you to focus on sustainability and self-care first and foremost. And please remember, you are your business. You are your brand. You are the queen of your empire. If you are so stressed and tired you can barely function, then nothing's going to work. That's for damn sure. Take care of you first, not last, first. This can be a difficult switch to make, especially for women because we're not accustomed to putting ourselves first, but this switch is urgent and non-negotiable. And it will change your life and your business. I'm urging you flip the switch, put your mental and physical well-being first, 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 not last. Okay. So, now we're going to get into the pep talk portion. But that just sounded like a pep talk, right? Your intro was a pep talk, but I've got another one. (laughs) So here's your two-minute pep talk for the week. This is the part of the show where I share some encouragement and inspiration to get your week started off right. And I try to keep things to 120 seconds or less, but don't time me, all right? Because it's probably longer. (laughs) So if you just listen to what I had to say and you just feel like you're too busy to even consider fun and pleasure, listen to me. I have so many real life examples. And last year, I had a woman email me from the hospital asking for help. She wrote, please help me figure out how to take care of my business without killing myself in the process. I can't keep up this pace. And my heart broke. I wanted to fly through my inbox directly to her bedside for a long talk. And you know, I'm all about building a thriving business, but if you're working yourself into a hospital bed, honey, no, God, no. IV drip should never be part of your business plan. So if you're listening to this and you're a chronic overworker, please let this be your wake-up call and be sure to listen and take notes during this interview we're about to do with Kira because there is nothing more important than how you feel. Nothing. You can make a pile of money, but if you're too busy and too stressed and too tired to enjoy your life, what is exactly the point here? If you're too busy to walk barefoot in the grass, call your best friend, get a good night's sleep, eat some real food, watch your kids' recital or game or science project or take a vacation, it's time to evaluate what's going on. So if you had a nine to five boss who worked you so hard, that you wound up requiring medical attention, you would sue that boss for being an inhumane monster. Don't be an awful, inhumane boss to yourself, whether you run your own business or not. I urge you to evaluate your life closely because I know plenty of stay-at-home moms and corporate women who are running themselves ragged too. The burnout crisis isn't unique to female entrepreneurs. So tomorrow morning, when the flood of invitations, requests, needs start to flood into your life, like it probably does every Monday. Resist the knee-jerk temptation to say, yeah, sure, no problem, to every single damn thing. Don't respond automatically. Consider each request discernfully. Is it right for you? Do you have time? Do you want to? Do you really? Remember that no is always an option. So let's do some training together and repeat after me. That's a flattering invitation, but no thank you. I'll be hanging out with my family this weekend. I wish I could participate, but I can't. Thanks for asking though. Nope, I can't reschedule our session for next Monday because that's when my vacation starts. Actually, no, I don't offer refunds for last minute cancellations. Please refer to the refund policy that you reviewed back at the beginning of our work together. No, thank you. That's not something I'm interested in doing. No, that's not a service that I provide. No, I don't give free consultations. No, I'm not available. No, my plate is full. No, I have other projects that need my full attention right now, but thanks. No is a magic word that can clear away stress, resentment, and stomach-twisting obligations that drain your power and steal your life. Keep saying no in a million different ways until your life starts to feel the way you want it to feel. Keep saying no until the nose-barely-above-water frenzy of busyness starts to subside. Keep saying no until you can breathe again. I am begging you, don't miss your life. Don't sacrifice your health. You are too important to the planet and you matter. Now we're moving to the part of the show where I give shout outs to you, my listeners, clients, and all the wonderful people in my business community. And today I want to give a shout out to Brooke Craven. So, Brooke, thank you for this five-star review you left on iTunes. Brooke wrote, Susan, host of the Rich Coach Club podcast, highlights all aspects of business coaching and more in this can't-miss podcast. The host and expert guests offer insightful advice and information that's helpful to anyone that listens. Thank you so much. And hey, if you have something to say about this show, send us an email to support at shyatt.com or post a five-star iTunes review or something on social media, and you might hear your name on a future episode. I just love giving shout-outs to you guys. Thank you so much for the love, and I love you right back. So it's time for an interview, you guys, and I am so stoked to interview Kira Foy today because Kira specializes in what I've been talking about, helping women avoid or recover from burnout. And you're going to love the conversation that she and I had. We are so aligned in so many ways because our ideal clients are basically the same. She just helps them with a different facet. So her women are driven and high achieving. She helps them understand their health and prioritize their self-care. And she's such a model of this herself. She works out of a private practice office in downtown Toronto, and she has two girls, and she provides consultations all over the world. She is such a breath of fresh air. She's a nutritionist, a transformation coach. She's a former attorney. She's owned multiple businesses, and she has a new book coming out called Empowered by Food, So let's dive into this conversation because it's critical for your income, your health, and smashing the patriarchy. Welcome to the show, Kira Foy. Hi, Susan. Thanks so much for having me. I'm like so excited here. I'm so excited to have you. Now, Kira, I just did an episode on people who hustle to the point of burnout. And I'm so delighted to have you here because you are an expert on how to help women avoid that in the first place. And we're we're very aligned in our self-care messaging and but you're also a nutritionist and you have a little more science to back you up. I love it when I have people on who are smarter than me that can use science to back up the stuff I say. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is awesome. I do love, I'm a bit of a research uh, junkie for sure.
0: Awesome. All right. And so I work with a ton of female entrepreneurs who are scrappy and they're they're making empires out of nothing um, and they're pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. And one of the things that can happen alongside that and I tell coaches this all the time, like there's nothing sadder to me than a burnout life coach, because that's not why any of us got into this business, Uh, you know, and the entrepreneurship side of life coaching is a whole different ball of wax than just the art of coaching. And I think a lot of women get into business because they have a heart for helping people and then it turns into something that is damaging to themselves. So, what do you notice in your work when you when you have someone, let's say I were to come to you and say, "Man, this book launch has just kicked my booty and you know, I don't know what's going on with me. I'm not myself. What are some of the biggest warning signs you see among female entrepreneurs?"
1: I think, you know, exhaustion is probably one of the biggest ones. And I think what happens when you're a type A personality is that you're exhausted, but you want to make an impact and you don't want anything to slow you down. So you ignore it. And that's really where, you know, things start to go downhill because the most important thing that we can do for ourselves is tap into our body and listen to it. And so our body has no way of speaking to us, except through symptoms. So one of those symptoms is, you know, like for you, like we both share a love of fitness, but if you get to that point where, you know, your love of fitness is being impeded by the fact that you're exhausted, but you're still making it happen and you're not adjusting for that, That's a problem because that means that your body is telling you, you know, I need something a little bit different right now. It doesn't mean you have to drop everything, but it means that you have to take it down a notch for a period of time and, you know, get some more sleep and make sure that you're recuperating properly. And so when we start to ignore the little things, like I'm a little bit tired, I did my workout and now I feel like I want to have a nap then things start to snowball. And that's when we, you know, are on that fast path to burnout. What is other than exhaustion?
0: What do you commonly hear your clients complaining about?
1: So um, a lack of a lack of motivation, just kind of a lack of like not feeling lit up, not really caring about anything. You know, there's definitely like, an HPA access imbalance, which is, you know, often termed adrenal fatigue, except for that's not really a real thing. (laughs) Um, Oh, say
0: more about that. Because I bet (laughs) half this audience, probably more, more than half this audience will say they suffer from adrenal fatigue, or they have. I mean, that's one of the most common things I hear. So say more about it not really being a thing. And what is it really?
1: Yeah. So adrenal fatigue is kind of like this catch all term, but you know, as holistic practitioners, we kind of do ourselves a disfavor if we talk about adrenal fatigue and we don't really get into the meat and potatoes of what that really is. And the reason is because like, if you went to your medical doctor and you said, I have adrenal fatigue, they'll say, well, that's ridiculous. Your adrenals don't get tired. Right. So what it actually is, like You know, if your adrenals were at that point where they could no longer function properly, that's Addison's disease, right? But what usually happens in this whole burnout stage and adrenal fatigue is really that your HPA access is out of balance, And so that stands for your hypothalamus pituitary adrenal access. And so the way that we test that is by looking, I use a test called the Dutch test, which is um, dried urine for comprehensive hormones. And we look at a 24-hour dried urine panel, and we look at those cortisol levels So, you know, when that goes out of balance, what can happen is, you know, you might have, I mean, I see all sorts of different things. You have the people who are kind of in that, you know, really wired stage where they just can't even turn themselves off and they think they're night owls and they're like, Going for it all the time, Mm -hmm. but their cortisol levels are always crazy high. So that eventually is going to putter out. And that's when you start having less, you know, availability to really tap into that fight or flight, right? And your cortisol levels are not going to remain that high. So when that happens, you might have like low to normal levels in the morning. And then what I usually see is by noon, it's they just kind of flatline. And so your cortisol levels should be highest in the morning and they go up and down throughout the day and they should dissipate towards the end of the day because there's an inverse relationship between melatonin and cortisol. And so if your cortisol levels are high at night, you're not going to make melatonin, which is important, such a sleep hormone, and that means that you're going to be tired and wired and not able to sleep, and then that becomes its own vicious cycle. So that's what's really going on, and there's all sorts of different stages of imbalance, but that's what it actually is. is an HPA access imbalance.
0: Well, it's so interesting because in my work with Bear, I talk a lot about pleasure and the pleasure principle. And one of the benefits of prioritizing pleasure is, yes, it's nice to do nice things for yourself, but there's a real practical application that the body's wired for pleasure. And when you give it consistent pleasure, um, cortisol levels go down and all systems can operate in the way that they're designed to operate. So it's really interesting to hear you talk about cortisol I got to tell you, a workout that I was choosing to do, gosh, how many years ago was it now? I was doing CrossFit like four or five years ago for about 14 months, and I felt super powerful while I was doing it. So all you CrossFitters, don't be sending me hate mail. If you love your workout, love your workout. But what it was not the right workout for me because what it did was uh, increase my cortisol levels Spike them consistently. And my trainer, when I went back to my trainer after 14 months of CrossFit, he was like, We have so much repair work to do because my body was so out of balance from a workout that was spiking it. And I know that there's things nutritionally women can do to help that as well. I don't want to jump ahead, but cortisol, I hear it over and over and over again when I'm talking with different people in the health field, that for women in particular, that's something you really have to pay attention to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you're right. So it depends on, you know, your workout is going to depend on what's going on with your hormones. And so if you are tired, if you have been kind of burning the candle at both ends, you don't want to be doing like a super intense CrossFit workout or a HIT workout. You know, and that's not to say that, you know, I love my HIT workouts, but there was a period of time a little over three years ago that I found myself in, you know, um, with quite a bit of imbalance in my HPA access, and I had to totally switch all of that, that it was like hiking and long walks and being outside. Those are the things that take you from your sympathetic nervous system, which is that, fight or flight and into Mm -hmm. your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest, which is the same as what you're talking about pleasure, right? So when we notice joy and we do things that bring us pleasure, same thing, it helps our whole nervous system to relax. So it's super important. And that's why some people throw themselves under the bus. They're super stressed, they're putting on belly fat because they have all this excess cortisol. And then they're killing themselves at the gym. And that actually just perpetuates the problem. Mm -hmm. That's
0: exactly what was going on with me. It was it's really interesting. And, you know, in my work, I talk about body love. And it honest to God, like every different phase of fitness I've been in, um, I've loved my body. But it's interesting to look at photos of myself from CrossFit time and see, like, I'm very, like, my chest is very bowed out, my, it, it, my trainer is like, what you were just saying, he used to say parasympathetic and sympathetic to me, and it would just be like, la la la, I don't even know what you're saying. Um, but he would say the same thing to me. And, and, you know, like, these are the kind of workouts you need to be doing, not that. And so it's been really interesting to take care of my body in a different way, like you're saying, depending on what's true for it, what's where is it right now. And interestingly, not to get off on a whole workout tangent, but my son, Ryan, who's 20, um, just got back from college. And he, you know, has been doing nothing but eating pizza and drinking beer up there in Montreal. And so he it, is wanting to get this is like all y'all listeners are going to die when you hear this. He's now saying he wants to become a Navy SEAL. <laughs> so he went and <laughs> talked to a Navy recruiter yesterday and came home and is claiming he's going to get in shape for this Navy SEAL tryout. Like you have to do this like pre tryout. And if you pass the pre tryout, then you can go to the actual boot camp. I mean, I don't even know. But He's going right now while we're talking, Kira. He is at my trainer, who he worked with since he was eleven years old. He's a boxer and a martial arts guy. And um, I texted Eli, and I was like, "Just so you know, you're gonna have to talk to him just how you talk to me when I came back from CrossFit about what's the appropriate thing for his body right now." You know, he just wants to throw himself into like putting weighted vests on in the pool and crazy stuff. But I think that that the work that you're doing is so important in terms of helping a woman, I think, assess what's going on with herself nutritionally, hormonally, what's happening in her work life, and how can she set herself up to avoid burnout. Now, many of you may already be in burnout. You may be listening to Kira going, oh my God, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. But Kira, what are some of the things that people can do ahead of time to take exceptional care of themselves to avoid getting in the space where they're having to repair instead of be, you know, we want people to be proactive, obviously.
1: Well, I always say to try to have like three non-negotiable things that you do every single day that are going to set you up for success. And then if the shit hits the fan, try never to let more than one of those go. So, you know, and that can be like a very, very basic thing. Like for me, that's very simple, sleep, nutrition, and exercise. And exercise is the one that will fall off a little bit you know less i will be doing maybe less exercise than i usually do but i won't let it completely fall off so instead of looking at what i can't do as in i might not have an hour to work out mm-hmm. i look at what i can do and i'll mm-hmm. do something with the 15 or 20 minutes that i do have mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um so that's kind of how i look at it but i really think that you know with sleep is you know it's free and it's you know it is People do not understand how important sleep is for your mental health, you know, for your hormones, just for your your brain just cannot function, right? Um, and when we don't get enough sleep, we're starving all the time, and then our nutrition totally goes off the rails as well. So it's really important, um, and if you have those few things, you know, it's going to help to set you up for success, even when you're really stressed, because what people usually do is that they say, I don't have time for any of this. I'm just going to get through it. I'm not going to worry about my nutrition, my exercise. I'm going to, you know, stay up late, but that's like throwing themselves under the bus and then they crash and burn. Right. So that's the big problem. So those things are always super key. And then the other thing that I talk to women about a lot is and this really ties into a lot of what you're talking about with the whole you know the mean girl in our head is that a shit ton of the stress that you know is there for most women is self-induced it is this (laughs) conversation conversation. say
0: it louder for the people in the back all y'all's
1: drama y'all self-inducing that stuff yes it is so like there's the stress that you have at work and kids and all that kind of stuff. But nothing compares to, you know, the stories that are going on in your head and how you're speaking to yourself because that is all day, every day, and you don't get a break. And that alone can break you. Mm
0: -hmm. I I often joke that, so I just celebrated my 12-year anniversary as a life coach. So it would have been about 12 and a half years ago that I learned thought work that I learned what you're talking about. What are the stories in your head? What are you telling yourself? Guess what? You're not your thoughts. You can change your thoughts. And I felt like I had literally won the lottery because I was like, holy shit, I have just solved my entire exhaustion problem because I was walking around all day believing all the mean girl stuff in my head. And it is amazing to me how exactly what you're saying, that if I can get clients to pay attention and eavesdrop on themselves, like what are you saying to yourself all day long and change that dialogue alone, then 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 we can become time creators. Then all of a sudden, the excuse I don't have enough time isn't as relevant. I, I don't know about you, Kira, but I feel like when I'm getting my proper sleep, which I am with you on that, I am totally devoted to that. If I'm getting proper sleep, if I'm paying attention to mindset, and if I'm, you know, just on point, Ryan Hyatt could walk through the door and say, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL and no, not go back to college. And I'm just like, whatever, babe, like you're, you're technically an adult. Whereas if I'm not sleeping, if I'm telling myself terrible stories about that, I'm like a
1: lunatic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why it's so important, you know, when it comes to Women, you know, my mission is to help more women step up in the world and bridge the wage gap and really, you know, take it on like we should be. But we can't do that if we don't get these stories out of our head. Because one of the things that I noticed, especially when I became a mom, is that there was like a competition on how much you sacrifice yourself. You know, as women, we're supposed to sacrifice ourselves to be a better mom, a better wife, a better friend, daughter. And that is actually what's keeping us stuck. And it absolutely drives me crazy that people think that, you know putting yourself first and honoring and loving yourself is selfish i'm like what are you talking about because just exactly what you just said hey if i'm taking care of myself and something's going on with ryan i'm cool i'm good mm-hmm. you know you're mm-hmm. cool as a cucumber mm-hmm. it's when you're not taking care of yourself that you don't have anything to give and you can't support the people in your life so what good are you at that point Exactly. This is I am so with you
0: on this. I mean, you know how I am about like smashing these glass ceilings. And I talk a lot about the invisible workload of women and how and I didn't coin that phrase. Somebody else did. I I wish I could find that article. I'm going to find it and put it in the show notes. But but it basically talks about how, you know, women are doing more than ever in terms of work and yet we still have this invisible workload that's not accounted for, like all the emotional heavy lifting for the family, what sippy cup to give the kids so they don't throw a tantrum, which neighbor's mom just died, who needs to be vaccinated and when, including the pets. And it's all that part-time job stuff that if we don't start, like you're saying, prioritizing ourselves and saying no and, and giving up this mantle of martyrdom, which I used to I used to say, man, I had a PhD in being a mom martyr when my kids were really little. It was keeping me stuck. It was key, I was hiding um uh, behind this this idea of being like Martha Stewart combined with Betty Crocker. You know, it was so like Kira, honestly, like I need to post some pictures with this episode so you can laugh. Like I was all about <laughs> <laughs> and like and, and listen, it what there's nothing wrong with that. It just was not my truth. But I was I was so heavily into that. Like, I need to sacrifice my hopes and dreams b- because I'm a mom now. And working yeah. moms in particular are busting their butts to prove something instead of it being a, f- a family effort. And I can't tell you how freeing it is now. Last night, Scott was, he handed me this form to fill out. And it was something to do with Ryan and his new career as a Navy SEAL, and um, and I'm like, why would I fill that out, you know? But like years ago, I would have just sat down and filled it out for everybody. I'm like, why are you handing that to me? And then immediately was like, uh oh, she's gonna pop off. He was like, oh oh, uh, I'll do it. I'm like, you're fucking right, you're gonna do it. Being willing, like a small example like that, like, are you the one? Doing all the things, filling out all the forms, running the lunches back to the school. Anyway, I'm going to be off on my tangent. But sleep, nutrition, exercise. And you have three non-negotiables. And if the shit hits the fan, just get two of them in. So for you, you've prioritized sleep first because that's, in your opinion, and I agree with you, like if you don't have sleep, you're not going to do any of the rest of it, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And and my nutrition is going to suffer for sure.
0: And then with nutrition, you know, in my work, I talk a lot about I I talk about food in terms of power foods and pleasure foods. So there's not really a good or a bad, but like these are understanding what foods power up your body for you and what foods you're choosing just for pleasure. And so what do you find, though, around this conversation? Like if we're going to set female entrepreneurs up for vitality and energy and clear thinking. What do you find to be some of the best advice when it comes to nutrition?
1: So when it comes to nutrition, so the people always say, like, I I used to own a couple full service weight loss clinics. And, you know, other nutritionists even would say to me, like, how do you even deal with weight loss? Because, you know, it's, it's so challenging, and everything's always changing and all these diets. I've never played into any of that. And while that isn't, you know, obviously my, my main stick anymore, um, the most important thing for everybody, and it doesn't matter if you are trying to conserve your energy, reduce cravings, hang on to your cognitive abilities, prevent disease. It's about balancing your blood sugar. So that's always going to be the key. And if you want to to balance your blood sugar, it means that you have to have a really good understanding of, you know, proteins, fats, and carbs and how they play in together. Mm -hmm. You know, always, I'm always trying to help people to understand that, you know, fat is not a demon and neither are carbs. Um, you know, the only thing I guess that hasn't been demonized is protein is still always the winner, but, um, you know, really you need a combination of these things. And, you know, fat is so important and why we had such an issue with, you know, the obesity levels went up and diabetes and depression and everything else, because when you take fat out, you're no longer satisfied and your blood sugars are going to be more difficult to control because fat will change how, you know, the food is absorbed in your system and whether or not it's going to increase your blood sugar and therefore um, stimulate insulin to be secreted. And every time that insulin is secreted, it's really, we have to think of it like a growth hormone. You know, cortisol is also like that too. It encourages fat storage. And, And so when your blood sugar goes up and insulin comes in, it tells all of your cells to open up and it takes all that energy, pushes it into the cells to store it for later, i.e. as fat. So, you know, it's really important for us to control that, to reduce inflammation, to reduce disease risks and everything. And when it comes to women who are stressed, one of cortisol's main jobs is also to balance blood sugar. Mm-hmm. So if you are taking on that responsibility for yourself and being cognizant of that with the way that you're eating, then that means that you are, you know, your body you're putting less stress on your HPA access mm-hmm. and having to use less cortisol to do so, which is really important. So that means wait, getting wait, wait,
0: of- wait. Are you sorry. trying to yeah. tell me that binging on Reese's peanut butter cups is not a good idea for me later? <laughs> Uh, are you trying to say that my cool ranch
1: doritos might not be a good mid-afternoon snack yeah that might be true (laughs) although i have to tell you i did have quite a few mini eggs on the weekend for easter (laughs) you know what's
0: interesting so i i'm always like listen have some pleasure eats, like don't deprive yourself. But it is interesting. I, I also do a lot of coaching around like you're a grown woman, like you can make a decision. So for me, I'm turning 46 in a couple of weeks. And what I've noticed as I age is that if I have a glass of champagne, I may or may not have night sweats. Or if I do have Cadbury eggs on Easter I find that I'm super emotional the next morning if I have a lot of sugar, a lot of chocolate. And so it's like, we're not, I'm making jokes, you guys, but like, we're not saying live your life Dorito free. We're saying like, make choices based on how you want to feel and what your body can tolerate, right? My kids can sit there and free base Pop-Tarts and mostly be okay. But if I ate that, I would the next day be
1: a wreck. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the key thing that I tell my clients, like, think about how you want to feel right it's really important to do that cuz when we're in the moment if we're not feeling good we try to push down our feelings and get that instant gratification from food so and when you don't feel good you're going to be attracted to more things that keep you in that space of not feeling good mm-hmm. so instead you want to like give yourself a moment to think about how do i want to feel and then make the choice that's going to get you there mm-hmm. so it's not to say that we can't have these pleasure foods and you know i don't restrict myself either i like my wine i always have to chocolate in the house all the Mm -hmm, time, mm -hmm. but it's really about... If you are really stressed and, you know, you have these deadlines and you know that you're already asking a lot from your body, don't throw yourself under the bus in that moment, right? right? right. And when it comes to alcohol or, you know, like pleasure foods, as you call it, I always say it's better to, you know, be having it in celebration, not to like drown your sorrows, right? Such a good point. Oh my God. I keep interrupting you because you get me so
0: excited, Kira. (laughs) But Right? Like that actually is a great litmus test. Is it is it in celebration? Or is it to drown sorrows? Now, I also was the queen of I'm going to treat myself. So I was (laughs) I was pretending I was celebrating, but it was really just an excuse. But that's a separate thing. But right, like, if you're if you're going out for, you know, let yourself celebrate, but
1: pay attention if you're using it to numb out. Absolutely. And that's the key. And it's, you know, I don't, I don't even believe in cheat days because I don't need a, like a, an escape from the way that I eat because I eat in a way that makes me feel great. And I might have things that, you know, I don't necessarily have all the time, but I'm doing it consciously and, and not like, you know, oh, I deserve this because I had a crappy day. Right. Um, you know, so it's really important that we're really mindful of how we use food because at the end of the day, you know, it's a drug.
0: You know what? I have gotten into so many online arguments about cheat days because number one, I agree with you. I think that even the name cheat day, it's like, who are you cheating on? You know, right? Number one. And and the yeah. same thing, like, why are you setting up your eating patterns in a way where it's like deprive, 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 and the light at the end of the tunnel is your Saturday where you get to plow through an extra large pepperoni and cheese pizza, like that's to me that's pathetic and it is and I've had athletes argue with me everybody wants to quote Tim Ferriss's for our body and all the biohacking nonsense and I'm like listen (laughs) if you're coming back to what your body wants and needs it's not a day-long binge
1: ever I don't give a shit
0: you're full of it you're kidding yourself
1: Absolutely. And the thing is, we need to understand that women and men are different. So even when you get into intermittent fasting and things like that, there are, you know, like scientifically it works better for men. Um, But we have to understand as women, we are more emotional creatures and we also are more susceptible to stress. And so, you know, when we do that whole deprive, Mm -hmm. like Deprivation always ends up being a binge later. Mm -hmm. Always, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, anytime that you are being too restrictive, you were going to end up in a binge, and that's why it's really important that women understand that. And when we're talking about helping them, you know, um, support their mental well-being and feel more comfortable in their own skin and good about what they're doing to their body, we can't put them in that uh, restriction mode because it's always going to backfire. And with that comes, you know, the shame because the binging equals the shame. It's not guilt, right? So Brene Brown talks about this, about the difference between guilt and shame. And shame is when we make it really personal. You know, what is wrong with me? Why can't I keep, you know, eating well? And, you know, I should just throw in the towel. And Mm -hmm. I guess, see, I'm going to start again Monday and all this other BS. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that, you know, we don't go into that restriction stage. So I have had maybe one client, and I've been doing this for 14 years, that um, I've ever even tried intermittent fasting with, because emotionally, it sets up most women for failure. So this whole... Thank you. You know, thank it's, you. It's ridiculous.
0: I also think
1: it's interesting to me
0: to see how diet culture pops up with, with new, new packaging And so I all the biohacking language and all of the which is very masculine. But but then, like you're saying, the intermittent fasting, I I find that extreme measures like that are places where people who have disordered eating can go hide, you know. Uh So it's like, oh, I'm not binging and purging or I'm not restricting or I'm not, you know, I'm just doing this new biohacking thing that everybody's doing. And it's like, actually, if you're not eating for 20 hours of the day, that is disordered eating any way you want to slice it. I am not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Fucking quote me. Send me your hate (laughs) mail. If you are not eating for 20 out of 24 hours, let me tell you, your hormones are gonna get messed up and eventually you're gonna come back. It
1: it'll this little fairy tale'll last, you know, six months, a year maybe. Yeah, exactly. And if you're already like in my book, I talk about that, because if you're already in a place of stress, and you're a type A woman trying to get things done, a lot of them do go to that like keto and intermittent fasting, because you know, their hormones are out of whack. And so they are fighting this, you know, cortisol that's putting all this belly fat on them. And so they're desperate for an answer. But you know, what happens more often with women when they go really low carb is that it can actually spike your blood sugar. There can be an opposite reaction. And also you're putting more pressure on your HPA axis. And so again, the whole thing just throws you right under the bus and it's going to just exasperate the issue.
0: Which is why, you know, Some of the work that you're talking about, the foundational work is so important so that you can get to know your own body and know what's best for your own body instead of just blindly signing up for and following some of these crazy plans. So in terms of helping a woman who is an entrepreneur get ahead of this, we have sleep, we have nutrition, we have exercise. What is something that your clients or my listeners are might be surprised to hear?
1: Yeah. So I mean, other self-care things that I do, um, journaling and and meditation as well. but I will tell you that, and there's a big part of my book that goes into that mindset part because, like I said, it plays into the whole stress piece. However, Probably the most surprising thing that you would find from a nutrition perspective Mm -hmm. is that I recommend my clients who are super stressed and not sleeping and really burning the candle at both ends to eat their starchy carbohydrates at dinner.
0: Nice. And so what are your favorite starchy carbs? Like I'm going to, I'm going to, my personal assistant, her name is Emily How dare she get engaged and threaten to move away in a month? So I'm going to I'm going to be looking for a new personal assistant. But she's a better cook than I am. And she's coming over to cook, which gets me very excited. So if I tell her to make me and my future Navy SEAL some starchy carbs tonight, (laughs) what starchy carbs are you think amazing?
1: Yeah, so you know, starchy carbohydrates are awesome because they actually lower cortisol levels. And so that's why they're so great to have at night. You lower your cortisol levels, you'll sleep better, you'll produce melatonin. My favorite are always gonna be the starchy vegetables. So the starchy vegetables are going to be the most anti inflammatory and um they have the most nutrients, so they're the most preparative. And those are things like sweet potato and squash and beets and carrots. So those are kind of my, my favorite. They're at the top of the list. And then also, especially for people who are having challenges with blood sugar um, or diabetics and things like that, the legume family is also really good because they have resistant starch in them, which means that they have less impact on the blood sugar and they will keep your energy levels up for a longer period of time because of that resistant starch, the carbohydrates are um, processed very slowly. So that's also in there. Probably at, you know, I mean, fruits are not starchy, although, you know, they, they are carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. Um, I usually eat those more in the beginning of the day. And grains are the ones that I'm more careful with. So some of my clients will be on gluten free grains, and some of them will be on no grains. It really depends on what's going on with their hormones. And if they have you know, thyroid issues um, because there can be a lot of like um, cross reactivity between grains for some people and also depending on what's happening with their gut health. But that's kind of my hierarchy of starches. Ooh,
0: I love I'm going to have her make like a sweet potato. She's done this before, like sweet potato, potato and carrot, like roasted with onions or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to be like, I just had a podcast interview and you've got to make this for us. So let's talk about your book because it. It's coming and we're going to put a link in the show notes. Tell us about the book. Tell us what you hope readers get out of it.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm so excited about about this book. You know, my my mission is just to help lift up more women and I want them to feel like they can do it all. And we can only do that when we're taking really good care of ourselves. So as I mentioned, it goes into you know, many different aspects about our hormones and lifestyle, our mindset. Um, and what they can expect from that is really easy to implement and and really you know takeaways that will make sense for them. So I didn't write it for you know, other nutritionists or practitioners uh, to help their clients with their HPA access. I didn't make it like kind of a uh, nutrition manual. It's really a lot of stories, um, you know, about clients, about my own personal journey, because much of, you know, what I talk about, I've experienced myself. Mm -hmm. And so I know what it's like, you know, and that's everything from you know, eating disorder to um, having a really, you know, a burnout Mm -hmm. and really dealing with the recovery of my HPA access. And, you know, as a single mom and also a business owner and pushing myself and hustling too much and having, you know, 12 staff and two clinics and working six days a week, like I've done all that, you know, on top of, seeing so many women from the legal field, whereas where I started my corporate career, um, burn themselves out and then feel like they can't make it as a partner and they give up because they feel like there's no way that they can take care of themselves and have children and be a wife and do all these things. So my book is very much about giving women permission and giving them tools that are actionable that can really help to, you know, prevent the burnout, or to start building them up again. And that's really, you know, my, my tagline and mission for all of this. You know what, I need this book immediately, because I love it. This is a feminist
0: issue. If any of you listening feel like you're too tired, like she was saying, you're too tired, you're too stressed, you're too taxed to build your business. That's the biggest fear most of the coaches. That I work with have is that they either don't have what it takes. They don't have the energy. They don't have the capacity to create what they want. And you are on a mission to help women dispel that myth, because you know what, we all we all can expand. Our energy and our capacity by taking amazing care of ourselves, and we were talking before we started the recording, and that doesn't mean a bubble bath with champagne, even though that's what I'm doing on the cover of my book. <laughs> um, that's
1: fun, and I do do that, but that's not the foundation of self care. No, it has to be about boundaries and how you treat yourself and how you prioritize yourself each and every day. You know, um, whether that comes, you know, that whether that's being in a corporate job, and asking for what you deserve. Like, I work with a lot of very um, high level professionals, you know, I have a managing director at one of the biggest banks that I work for. And she has 100 people that work underneath her. And she runs all of North America. And she tells me, you know, when it's it drives her absolutely bonkers. But when it's review time, the women come in and they they don't speak up for themselves. Like the men come in and they're like, hey, this is what I did. And this is what this person's getting. And this is what my bonus should be. And, you know, and they ask for it. But women go in there and they're just like, oh, thanks so much. I did a good job. That's great. And, you know, when she's like, well, what do you think that you should get? And they're like, oh, well, whatever you think. And it's crazy talk, right? But like, you know, so that's also part of self care is like, being able to speak up and ask for what you want. And also we're grown women say no, thank you to things that are not aligned for you and never say yes to somebody else. If it's a no for you. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Amen. No, I'm with you. Like I, my daughter's 18 and from a young age, I started you know, like even with her little lemonade stands and different things she was doing, I'm like, you have to ask because I can't tell you how many women I've worked with, whether it's subcontractors or employees, that it's like, ask me, ask me for the raise, ask me for, you know, whatever it might be, because if you don't ask, you don't get. And I yes. think that women are conditioned not to, which is why I, you know, talk so much about making a seam. How can people best hang out with you, Kira? If they want to go stalk you online, which I know everyone's going to want to do, we'll put it in the show notes, but where do you like to interact with people?
1: I tend to interact a lot on Instagram these days. Also on Facebook, those are my two main platforms for sure. And my website is kirafoy.com. So there's definitely lots of information on there. um, And many of my live streams also get posted on there. So they kind of have their uh, little lives (laughs) um, and live indefinitely. So that's always a good place for more information. And I do talk about, you know, a lot of these topics, you know, one of probably one of the most popular Videos I've ever done was talking about, you know, skinny fat, Mm -hmm. why women need to not be afraid to lift some muscle Mm -hmm. or lift lift some weight and build Mm -hmm. some muscle. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and just kind of dispelling a lot of a lot of these like diet culture things, but really a lot about um, self care. So that is where you can find me, and um, definitely reach out. I'm super chatty, so (laughs) love that about you. Now I have one final question. I
0: love to ask my guests, which is. The podcast is, is called Rich Coach Club, which is double meaning. You know, it's, I, I'm all about making money, but it's also about having a rich life. So what's something that either costs no money or very little money that makes you feel rich?
1: Oh, man.
0: So I'll tell you mine and it I, might help. It's it, having Nespresso pods, an overabundance of Nespresso pods and like a whole pantry full of toilet paper i feel so rich i'm like look at all of this glorious <laughs> supply <laughs> but but what other people have more meaningful answers than i
1: do what came up for you i think probably the number one thing that comes up to me is that i have control of my time and my life and that makes me feel rich you know because I feel like that's the biggest benefit and the driving factor. I'm totally unemployable. Um, but just the fact that I don't have anybody dictate things to me um, and I get to choose. And I realize that everything that, you know, if I want to take the uh, take the afternoon off to pick my daughter up from school early, I get to do that. And the only reason I get to do that is because I have a successful business. And that's really what makes me feel rich.
0: Mm, I know that freedom I don't, I don't want anybody telling me what to do ever again. I often say I'm unemployable as well. I'm like, what would I do? I mean, of course, if I had to, I would go be, you know, a great team member. But, but I think about like, oh my God, like it's been so many years that if somebody tried to tell me what time I had to show up, I'd be like, no, (laughs)
1: like I'm going to the gym.
0: Um, (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, you okay. are a delight. Thank you so
1: much for being part of this today. Thank you so much. And my book will be launched June 6th. Yes. So do have um, the pre-sale link coming out
0: soon. Well, so we're going to put the pre-sale link in the show notes, everybody, so you can gobble this book up because it's amazing. Wasn't that awesome? So we've been talking about burnout. And I have a little extra something, something for you. So you guys know I'm extremely vocal and outspoken about many things, (laughs) politics, feminism, body positivity, business, and of course, the Instapot. All right. So you may be like, what the hell's an Instapot? I'm about to tell you. It's a high-pressure cooking gadget that has transformed my life, no joke. It's no exaggeration, just ask my family. They see me in the kitchen sometimes and they're like, what alien invader has entered mom's body? What are you doing? Is that a carrot? Are you cooking? Yes, mom is cooking. And no, it's not a reality show prank. (laughs) Thanks to Instapot. I make a lot of homemade meals now on the regular. A miracle of biblical proportions. Seriously, Instapot ought to hire me as their brand ambassador because I've probably recommended their product a thousand times in the past year. Dear Instapot, you're welcome for all the advertising I've given you. Feel free to mail me a check anytime. The other day, a client told me the funniest thing. She was like, listen, Susan, I'm tired of Instapot energy. And she, was, she really was tired. She's like, this year, I'm all about Crock-Pot energy. And we both cracked up over this. And it got me thinking about these two devices, the Instapot and the crockpot, and how they relate to running a business. So Instapot energy, that's like high temperature, high pressure, high intensity, fast action, cook things in a very short span of time. And in terms of your business, this feels like a busy launch period where you're doing Facebook Live videos and blasting out daily emails and fielding tons of questions from potential clients. Short time frame, big progress, high voltage, go, go, go. Or it could feel like a content creation day where you clear your schedule completely and focus on things like writing your newsletter or podcast scripts all day long, high intensity focus sprint. Or it might feel like a big power move, like emailing the CEO of a company to introduce yourself and pitch your services. It only takes a few minutes to send off that email, but the rewards could be huge. Or the Instapot attitude. This is scary. This is brave. This might even be a little crazy, but fuck it. Let's do it. It's go time, right? In contrast, Crock-Pot energy, low temperature, lower pressure, slow simmer, cook things over the course of several hours or even all day long. This feels like in your business, patiently strengthening relationships with your fans, subscribers, customers, and clients in an old school way. Handwritten thank you cards, gifts in the mail, a voicemail or email with no sales pitch just to check in and say hi, building your reputation slowly and steadily over time, No frenzy, no rush, do excellent work and impress your clients consistently month after month and trust that people will talk about you over time, word of mouth buzz will build. Working on a project that requires a great deal of research, reflection, thoughtfulness and plenty of time, like writing a 70,000 word book manuscript. The Crackpot Attitude This is a marathon, not a sprint. Slow and steady, quality over quantity. I don't have to accomplish everything today. What's the rush? Which is better, Instapot energy or Crock-Pot energy? I believe we need both types of energies at different times to reach different kinds of goals. And of course, as with most things in life, It's all about striking a balance. So many entrepreneurs swing too far to one extreme or the other. I've seen people operate in Instapot mode 24 7, 365 days a year, and then they collapse due to adrenal fatigue and emotional burnout. Conversely, I've seen crockpot people who plod along at a snail's pace and struggle to reach their revenue goals even after being in business for five years. And so when it comes to your business, what are your biggest goals right now? Do you need to tap into some fast acting Instapot energy or slow things down to a simmer and embrace Crock-Pot vibes? I wanna hear. So share this episode and tell me which type of energy you need in your life right now, Instapot or Crock-Pot, and you might win a prize, (laughs) I'm serious. So what's the prize? Obviously, an Instapot or a Crock-Pot. Yeah, I want to be your pot dealer. (laughs) And this concludes my kitchen appliance TED Talk. Thank you for listening. No, seriously, I've been in major Instapot mode lately because it's book launch season for me. Hair, makeup, media appearances, nonstop flights, book parties and signings. It's all systems go. So listen, hey, order my new book. And come say hi at a book launch event and bring a friend with you. I will see you on the road. So thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you're feeling a little more empowered about how to avoid burnout or start repairing burnout mode. Definitely go back to earlier in this episode and do and practice the exercises that I suggested. So, to refresh your memory, I gave you a bunch of different ways to practice saying no. And then also, I want you to think about the wisdom that Kira shared and see what you can do in your life right now to repair your sleep, your nutrition. And whether or not you need some Instapot or Crock-Pot energy, do these things, these quick exercises, and also make these changes, and you're going to start to see your life get better and your business get more profitable. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Susan Hyatt's Rich Coach Club. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to shyatt.com forward slash rich, where you'll find a free worksheet with audio called Three Things You Can Do Right Now to Get More Clients. You can download the worksheet and the audio, print it out. There's a fun checklist for you to check off. Just three things to do. Check, check, checkety check. This worksheet makes finding clients feel so much simpler and not so scary. So head to shyatt.com forward slash rich to get that worksheet over there. You're also going to find a free Facebook group you can join, especially for coaches. Bring your coaching practice and your income to the next level at shyatt.com. That's s-h-y-a-t-t.com. See you next week.